You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello and welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast, part of the 90 Min Network and currently sponsored by our good friends over at Pro Prep. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simu, and on this edition, we're going to be discussing the question, can Arsenal finish in the top four? Can Arsenal maintain their current league position? And is the Premier League going to stop again? Um, lots to get into, lots to discuss. I was going to be joined this afternoon or this evening uh, by Football.London's Kaya Kainak. Unfortunately, through no fault of his own, it's my fault entirely because I got delayed on a work call and I had to delay the time of this episode uh, hitting the live streams. Kaya is now unable to make it, but I'm going to get him back on the show next week. He's been on before. He's fantastic. And I look forward to catching up with him next week. So just to be clear, it's me that messed up the time. It's me that got caught on a on a work call. And it's me that's had to uh, rearrange, which is why Kaya is not here with me. But I look forward to hearing from him and, and having him share his excellent views and thoughts with you guys over the next week or so. Right. Let's get into it then. Let's kick off with the big question. Can Arsenal finish in the top four this season? It's a really interesting question because what I'm so, so conscious and so, so wary of is getting carried away. Is getting carried away with the fact that we went on a really positive run, then hit a bit of a brick wall, some really difficult defeats to swallow. Started at Anfield with that really heavy defeat. Then we went to Old Trafford and we got beaten in a game that we never should have lost. Then we went to Everton and we got beaten again um, after bouncing back against Newcastle. And now we're in a place where we've won two games back to back. We go to a really uh, low Leeds United side at the moment who are struggling at the weekend. If indeed that game goes ahead, that's another matter. We'll come on to talk about that in a bit. And then we've got Norwich City and we've got some really, really winnable fixtures. So can Arsenal maintain this level? Can Arsenal finish in fourth place? My heart says yes, but my head says no. And um, and, I, and I've got to be honest about that. You know, a lot of people call me overly positive. Some people call me toxic positive or what's that term they use? They say I've got toxic positivity. That's the one. And and now I feel like I'm I'm doing the opposite and being a little bit negative and a little bit pessimistic. But I think the reality here with this Arsenal side is we've seen on various occasions through, you know, the last couple of seasons now in which Mikel Arteta's had control of the side, that we are going to hit brick walls. We are still developing. A lot of that is down to the manager um, not necessarily being the finished article. I think we know that. I think while we praise him when Arsenal win football matches, we all recognise that he's not on the level of Pep Guardiola, Jurgen Klopp, Thomas Tuchel, etc., etc. So when people say that we're, you know, overly positive about Mikel Arteta and we're painting this picture of him being this immense manager and he's not anywhere near there yet, um, we all know that. We all know that he's still got limitations. We all know that he's still learning. Equally, if you're sensible, you know that the team still has limitations. You know that the team still, from time to time, goes into fixtures 
and looks devoid of confidence, still struggles to break teams down, struggles to create with any regularity, struggles to get the best out of some of the players within the starting eleven. So there are a lot of issues still at Arsenal and a lot of hurdles that we have to pass before people can say that we are nailed on for the top four. Do we have a chance? Of course we have a chance. You know, we're in fourth place at this moment in time. And I think when many of us were looking ahead to this season, a lot of us were saying, well, fourth is the absolute maximum. It's the absolute ceiling. There was a there was different views. There was people who I believed were overly optimistic and were saying that we're definitely going to finish in the top four. And there were people who were overly pessimistic, who said that Arsenal couldn't achieve anything more than a mid-table finish under this manager etc, etc, who were complaining about the signings, who were unhappy with the business that we'd done in the summer. I think the right answer with regards to whether or not Arsenal can finish in the top four is definitely somewhere in between. You know, do Arsenal have the capability? Well, yes, if everybody plays to their maximum over a sustained period of time, then there's no reason why we can't challenge for those positions and that position in particular. But equally, we know there are three teams that are definitely better than us in this Premier League. And we know that there's one position in fourth place that a number of sides are competing for. you got us. you got Manchester United, who I still believe are the favourites for that position because of the squad that they have and because of the fact that they've got a decent manager in now. You look at Tottenham. You look at West Ham. You know, there's a number of sides that will be competing for that position. And it is not going to be easy. So... Can Arsenal finish in the top four? Yes, they can. Will they? I'm not so sure. But what I also want to kind of urge people to do is to make sure that when you're thinking about finishing in the top four and you're discussing it and you're trying to process that idea in your mind, you're you're acknowledging that if we don't finish in the top four, i.e. if we finish fifth or maybe even sixth, it doesn't make it a disaster season. It's still clear progress. And if Arsenal are in the race right up until the dying stages of the season, then that would show significant progress. You know, I expect the league from, you know, fourth place down to sixth place, down to eighth place even, to be incredibly tight. And you could miss out on finishing in the Champions League positions by a point. You could miss out by two points, by three points. And if you miss out by such a fine margin, it doesn't mean that your team have not improved and have not um, pushed forward under Mikel Arteta. So I just want people to be cautious about where they're letting their kind of uh, expectations and imaginations run wild to, because we're still not in a place where this Arsenal team are totally convincing. Just like we had a dip where we lost those three games and we had a dip right at the start of the season where we lost three games, there will be another one. There will be another dip throughout the course of this Premier League season. It's about what we do in between. And as I've said many, many times, it's not about um, losing one game here or there and, and you know, saying that that's the be-all and end-all. It's about how quickly you can prevent um, sort of dips in form from turning into rots. And the quicker you can do that, the better off you'll be. Because obviously, the longer that rot is there, it gets deeper, it settles in, it seeps in to the players' mentality as well. And I think a lot of why we have been criticised in recent times for dropping off of teams when we take a lead is down to a lack of confidence. And that comes from poor results. So I think it's really, really important that when Arsenal do lose games, which is inevitably going to happen, and when we do drop points, which, as I say, is inevitably going to happen, we're able to bounce back from those setbacks quickly. Um, 
and uh, and make sure that we put things right as soon as possible. So I think we've got the ability to finish in the top four. But look, finishing in the top four is not is not as clean cut as that. It's not as simple as that. You need players to stay fit. You need to be lucky with refereeing decisions from time to time. You need things to go your way in a lot of senses, unless you are just head and shoulders above the team in fifth. And if we are going to make the top four, even the biggest optimist would have to say that if we're going to do it, we're going to scrape it. And if we're going to get over the line, we're going to do it just about. So I think for me, you know, I think the answer to the question of can we finish in the top four? Yeah, of course we can. And while it's there, while it's a possibility, that should be our aim. That should be our objective. That should be our goal. And as the season goes on, if we see that we're just falling further away from that, then we can adjust that objective, adjust that expectation and, uh, and you know, focus ourselves accordingly. So I think for me, we're... Um, we're in a place where the expectation level is starting to rise. And for all those people who say this team are not progressing under Mikel Arteta, that's nonsense because the biggest sign of progress is when your expectation level rises. If your level of expectation isn't going up, it means you're not moving forward. So the fact that some of us are sitting here and even having this discussion now about the potential and the possibility of Arsenal finishing in the top four of the Premier League this season shows that inside, in the eyes of many of us, we feel like this team are moving forward. Now, there will be people that disagree. Of course there is. There's always people that disagree. And that's absolutely fine. But I would like people to who do disagree, who are not behind the team, who are not engaged, who are not feeling that kind of synergy um, that was mentioned to Mikel Arteta last night in the press conference between the fans and the team right this minute. I want you to explain why you don't feel like that. Don't just say to me in the comments, you know, we're not moving forward. Or, or I say we're moving forward and you say, no, we're not. Why? Tell me why. Tell me what concerns you. Tell me what you're still worried about. Tell me what you feel is going to let us down come the end of the season. And I would love to hear from you. And I promise I will share some of those comments and thoughts uh, up on the screen during this edition of the podcast. So can we finish in the top four? Yes, we can. Is it a given? Absolutely not. And if we do finish fifth, that is still progress. If we finish sixth, it's still progress on last season. But sixth is the is the bare minimum expectation that I have. Anything less than that, and we're talking about Mikel Arteta's job, I believe, um, in the summer. Anything more than that is a bonus. And fourth, as I say, to me anyway, is the absolute maximum. So if the unthinkable were to happen and we were to go beyond that, which we won't, but if it were, then you'd have to say that that's an outstanding season. So let's see. Um, let's see. Let's see what some of you guys are saying in the chat box as well. Always good to hear from you. Uh, Inter says that my expectation level is 8th to 10th under Mikel Arteta. Uh, Brandon McCullum says uh, we still need to work on bringing players in, but this is a long and arduous process. Arsenal have made huge strides, but the job is huge from where the team was after Wenger. Um, Olivier says that the last two games show progress. There's definitely a plan. Um, Harvey says, I like the players we have now. We just need icing on the cake. Yeah, look, I think we all acknowledge that we still need to recruit in order to better ourselves in certain positions. We're still lacking, you know, in a couple of areas, top, top quality players who you can trust in and rely upon week in, week out. And I'm talking about senior players. I think we've got more than enough young 
hungry, determined youth. But we do need to complement that. You know, and Mikel Arteta has been very big about that. We need to complement it with experienced, seasoned pros who can be trusted and who can be relied upon. And unfortunately, one of our seasoned pros who usually can be trusted and usually or previously at least could be relied upon is um, is sitting it out at the moment because he's shown that he's not trustworthy. He's not committed to the cause. He's not taking it seriously and his role as captain seriously enough. He's been stripped of it now and we need to replace that because you don't win anything with kids. You can win it with kids and experienced professionals. A nice blend is great and it bodes well for the future of the club. But we do need to add more of that experience, in my opinion. Uh, Don Juan says, I see the Arteta outers are trying to push, are still trying to push their shit agenda. Yeah, it's mad. Um, Diagene says, finishing outside of the top six would be sackable, knowing that we don't have Europe. I actually agree with you. As I said, I think if Arsenal don't finish in the top six, there's a conversation that needs to be had in the summer. Now, if Arsenal didn't finish sixth because of goal difference and because we lost three key players at the back end of the season when it got to the kind of business end, then I'm not saying I'd accept that, but I'd have a little bit more sympathy when making my assessment and my judgment. So a lot of it depends on the circumstances as well. You can draw a hard line in terms of saying, the top six is the absolute maximum, but you've also got to be able to understand that there can be circumstances in football. It's just the nature of our sport that make that or take that out of the manager's control. Uh, let's see uh, what else we've got. Haroon says, if we get CL, is this team with a few additions enough to go far in the CL? I think it's too early to say that. I think we've just got to get back into the competition first. Um, Bulgarian Guna says fourth would be fantastic. Maybe if we buy someone like Tielemans, we'd have a good chance. But I expect fifth or sixth. Um, Bavesh says, I think our biggest rivals, Manu and Spurs, also have issues and will be inconsistent. I think Arsenal have the setup now to be more consistent and therefore have a good chance. Good points. Uh, let's see uh, what else we've got. Uh, Terence Tibbs doesn't agree we're as far down the progression line as some. He says we don't even have a solid basic squad yet, let alone the finishing touches. And that is the work and phase that we're in. So I assume, Terence, and correct me if I'm wrong, you feel like we still need to give this time. If you're saying that's where we are and that there's still a lot of work to be done, you're not getting carried away, I'm assuming. But let me know in the comments. Uh, Trini Guna J says, my expectations are fourth to sixth with some more additions in next summer. I think we can potentially push for the top four. Our squad is really young and the chemistry is amazing. Uh, let's see what else we've got. Um, let's see what else we've got. Uh, Harvey says, does not have to be old players, good quality players. With hunger is what we need and younger players can still have experience. Yeah, agreed. When I say experienced players, I'm not saying that we need to go for a bunch of 35 plus year olds. That's not what I'm saying. Um, but players of the, I would say of the sort of 25 and over bracket, you know, at the moment we've got lots of the 21 to 23 bracket and maybe we just need to push that uh, a little bit higher when recruiting in the summer. Players that would still be a good investment, that would still uh, be able to bring something to the team for, for seasons to come, but also... Um, are just at that next stage of their development to hopefully help some of these young lads get us over the line. So, yeah, just to summarise, that's where I'm at. Arsenal can finish in the top four. It is possible, but don't get carried away just yet. It's too early to say that we're nailed on for the top four or, or that we're even the favourites for the top four. But it's it's very 
okay is that the word um to to dream of it to set your sights on it as long as you're realistic about our chances of actually achieving that don't get carried away but also you should always strive for the best and i believe the best that this arsenal team could possibly achieve is to finish in the top four so why not aim for that why not aim for excellence right uh, just before we continue and come on to talk about the ongoing, ever-evolving situation in the Premier League. I just want to bring you guys a quick update from our sponsors, ProPrep. ProPrep is the perfect study tool for university students undertaking science, technology, engineering or maths-related modules, and it can half your study time. ProPrep provides bite-sized videos relevant to the module or course, which can be accessed from any device at any time. It's already helped over half a million students to pass their exams. They provide customized STEM study tools that match your syllabus. Long lectures are condensed into short and clear video tutorials. And after the videos, you can go through what you've just learned with interactive exercises and practice questions so you'll be ready. You can even submit questions to the pro prep professors and receive a video answer within 24 hours. Now, the guys over at ProPrep have created a special offer just for our listeners. All you need to do is go to their website, which is proprep.uk slash info slash football. It's linked in the description of this episode. You can find more information there as well as sign up to your free 30-day trial. Now, that is an exclusive offer to the Chronicles of Aguna listeners, and you don't need to enter any credit card information to check out the product and see how you like it. That's ProPrep the ultimate study tool. If you've got any friends, family members that are students that are currently studying any of the aforementioned topics, get them over there, uh, get them to take a look and have a look at the trial, see what you think of it. And if you wish to sign up uh, on a more permanent basis, then you can do so using the link in the description. That's ProPrep. Thank you so much for your kind sponsorship. We really, really appreciate it. Right. Let's get back to the football talk. Because the situation in the Premier League now is is getting a little bit crazy. Um, Arsenal, as far as we know, don't have any issues or, you know, or didn't have any issues going into the West Ham game with regards to COVID. But of course, we're seeing Premier League fixtures all over the country now dropping like flies, just disappearing um, off of the schedule, being postponed, being pushed back. Um, because of outbreaks within squads. And we heard today that Tottenham against Leicester, which was a game that should never have been going ahead anyway, because both of those sides were going to have to play with significant absences, like uh, at both ends, some from a, from COVID. Um, and obviously with Tottenham, there were some that were, were still coming back from it, et cetera, et cetera. I hadn't trained much, but the Premier League took a decision that at that point, the game was going to go ahead. And then, there was an outbreak reported in the Leicester camp, which has now led to that game being postponed. So that one is off, as is Manchester United versus Brighton at the weekend. So we're not just postponing games on the day now. We're looking further forward and we're having games be postponed at the weekend already. Now, I was due to work. I was due to commentate on the Manchester United-Brighton game. So this is um, this is going to start impacting me now as well um, from a kind of more personal level. And look, it's really, really hard to know what the right thing to do is here because when I scroll through social media, and I don't want to turn this into a is COVID as serious as the government make it out debate, right? Because I see those all over social media and they drive me absolutely crazy. They really, really do. Um, 
I've got friends that I get into debates and, um, you know, sort of smallish arguments with over this entire topic. So I don't want to turn this podcast into that. But what I will say is there are people who are a little bit blasé about COVID and don't feel that it is as serious or that it should be dealt with in the manner that it has been dealt with up until this point. And there are others who think that um, actually it is really serious and those people that are, are being a little bit blasé about it are incredibly ignorant. And I would say that the answer is something in between. Um, you know, people have their opinions. you got to be you got to be sensitive to the fact that there are people who have lost relatives, friends, um, acquaintances to this virus. And so to just kind of be totally blasé about it would be disrespectful to all the people that have had to say goodbye to family members, friends, um, et cetera, et cetera. It's, it's, it's totally disrespectful. And I'm always super mindful of that because if you've lost someone to this virus, the last thing you want is some keyboard warrior on social media telling you that you're overreacting and that there's nothing going on. And it and I get irritated by that as well because there's obviously something. There's obviously something out there. I've had COVID. I felt really rough for four or five days. Um, so I can only imagine that if somebody who was in a more vulnerable position than me, somebody elderly, for example, got it, they would struggle too and they would struggle more. And, and if there's underlying health conditions, I can see why it would cause serious complications. So, look, I'm very aware of it. I'm very aware of the situation. But this issue with the Premier League right now, you know, the Premier League have come out today and they've put a statement out. And what they've said in that statement is it is the league's intention to continue its current fixture schedule where safely possible. But at the same time, they're cancelling matches, postponing matches, I should say, left, right and centre, because clearly it's not safe to continue and it's not safe to continue uh, as uh, as they hoped. Now, what's the solution? Well, ultimately, the Premier League are in a really difficult position here. They're stuck between a rock and a hard place because they are... Um, on the one hand, obviously concerned about player safety. And there were a number of players the first time this all came about when they said, you know, we're being used as the guinea pigs. We don't want to go back to playing football until we have assurances, et cetera, et cetera. Those guys were used as guinea pigs, they felt. And um, they didn't feel it was right that they had to put themselves at risk for the good of the nation, you know, to give the nation something to watch on their televisions while they were at home uh, in isolation. So, I understand that. And I think the Premier League have a, a really tricky issue here because do they push the players to continue, push the clubs to continue at the risk of people just going, no, I'm not doing it and, and causing uproar that way. But I also understand that they've got a calendar that they need to adhere to as close to as possible. And and they have a, a situation where they, um, you know, they, they're worried about how they're going to fit all these games in and then how that maybe damages the integrity of the competition. Look, I get all of that. Um, I get all of that. And I think it's really difficult. But ultimately, and again, without making this into a political podcast, the uncertainty and the indecision and the reluctance to take action quickly and properly and the sufficient action stems from the government because they are all over the shop. The British government have been a shambles. Now, I appreciate that this is not something that anybody can train up for. As, as someone who gets into politics, 
like Boris Johnson, for example, the UK prime minister, he could not have seen something like this coming. You know, you don't get training in how to deal with a global pandemic when ultimately there hadn't been a global pandemic for, for years, not in even in even in many of our lifetimes. So you're in this place where you've got to kind of make it up as you go, but you've got to be smart and you've got to use common sense. And unfortunately, not a lot of common sense has been applied. Um, you know, you're in a place now where you can you're being told to go to your Christmas party and not cancel your Christmas parties. That's what what the message was last week from the British government. Yet at the same time, you were being told to stay at home and work rather than go into the office. Now you're being told that you should prioritize where you go. You shouldn't be able to, you shouldn't go to football stadiums to watch football, but you should go to football stadiums to get your jabs where the vaccination programs are going on. So how about the government grow a pair of balls and say football needs to be played behind closed doors? How about that? How about taking the decision out of the hands of people with conflicting opinions and doing what you've been elected to do, which is make the right call based on the evidence that you have in front of you? Now, if you told me that I can't go to the Emirates Stadium for the next three, four weeks, two weeks, whatever, um, two months, even three months, but it's going to save people's lives, even one person's life, I'll do it because I'm not selfish. Because I would, and and I think Jurgen Klopp's comments, and and I'm look, I'm, I know I'm straying way into this territory more than I wanted to, and I know that this is going to piss some people off because I know people have a different opinion. But I am so done with you know people online pretending that they know more about medical issues than people who have, um, you know, people who have have studied this kind of thing their entire lives I, it just drives me mad people talking about um in the comments about them showing covid passes lewis brings it up and, and i think you're right um lewis you know that that feels like a sensible step to take but i can tell you last night at the emirates stadium nobody was checking them properly i could have had yours you could have mine um you know inter in the comments could have had boris johnson's and nobody would have noticed it's so um it, it's so poorly done but the problem is that, as I keep saying, and I go back to, I don't blame the Premier League here. I don't blame the clubs that want to get their, their games called off. I don't blame the fans that are fearful of going to games at the moment. And I don't blame the people that really want to go to games because they feel like it just getting out is, or being locked up again is going to affect their mental health. I've got sympathy for every angle of this, but the people I don't have sympathy for are the people in government who need to do what is the right thing based on the evidence. They keep talking about following the science. Well, if you want to follow the science every day when I pick up my phone and I get a notification from Sky News telling me that the cases have gone to an all time high and that the number of deaths has risen again, I don't see how allowing mass gatherings again is the right thing. Why can't we have Christmases with our families um, and, and do all of that and you know, and just avoid the big gatherings, which are not necessary. Like, I don't need to go to Arsenal. I'm not going to die if I don't go to Arsenal. Nothing's going to happen to me if I don't go to Arsenal for a little while. And as I say, if it saves one or two people's lives, play the game behind bloody closed doors. Simple as that. Uh, Jurgen Klopp has been talking about this. And, and I have grown a little bit irritated with Jurgen Klopp in recent seasons because I just think his character has completely changed. But I think with this situation... 
He's absolutely spot on. And he's obviously urging people to go out and get the vaccine. And look, again, I'm not a hard liner on you have to go and get the vaccine. If you don't want to get it, don't get it. Don't worry about it. Like, no problem. It's your choice. It's your prerogative. But don't tell other people who want to get it that they're wrong for wanting to get it and vice versa. That's my issue. Now, Jurgen Klopp says, I won't apologize for the view I hold on the vaccination, no matter how unpopular it might make me. It's not a case of listen to me. It's always listen to those who know. Ignore those who pretend to know. Ignore lies and misinformation. Listen to the people who know best. If you do that, you end up wanting the vaccine and the booster. The stick to football abuse that gets directed at people like Jurgen Klopp misses the point. My view on this isn't from my imagination. It's from experts, people who are smarter and people who have come to the rescue by creating this vaccination. And and I think that that is absolutely spot on um, from Jurgen Klopp. Apologies, I've the camera wise loose again. Anyway, I think that's absolutely spot on um, from Jurgen Klopp and it's absolutely spot on in terms of how people should be viewing this. I don't know anything about science, so I'm not going to sit here and talk about science. Equally, um, you know, it's, I just think that people need to stop pretending they're experts in every bloody field. You're not, you, you learn stuff doing certain jobs, you learn trades, you learn, um, you, know, you learn skills along the way. And the people that have done the hard yards to get that skill, those skills, and then that, and also develop that knowledge and then earn that respect should not be disrespected by people sitting on camera, um, talking about things they don't know. I've said, I've got sympathy for both sides of the argument. Um, but equally, I, I couldn't sit in a room with a doctor and tell him that what he's telling me is not true because I don't have that knowledge and I don't have that um, that kind of insight. And I think that's really, really important that people recognize their limitations. Not everybody knows everything. Um, so just chill out a little bit. As for the football, it looks like it probably is going to stop. You know, if the games keep getting cancelled and postponed at this rate, then I don't see how we can continue. You know, I really, really don't. I, I think that we will have a pause at some point and we're probably better off scheduling the pause and making sure that it's dealt with properly rather than it being just ad hoc every week. This game's on, that game's off, this game's on, that game's off. No, um, I think the Premier League should step in and enforce something here, some kind of circuit breaker, uh, pause in the season or whatever it is. I know it's going to be difficult. I know it's not ideal. I know we're going to overload the players again at another point in the season, but I just think that we need to... Um, we need to um, we need to do something because this thing of each week we're going to cancel three games, four games, and continue with the rest, and all of that. It's just mad, um, you know. It's it's just mad. So we've got to sort that out. We've got to do something. I think the government hold a lot of responsibility here, and they just need to. If they think that it's bad for people to attend football stadiums, if they their evidence that is presented to them shows that people should not be gathering in such numbers. Um, in a football stadium, then stop it happening. Ban us from going. Make it law. Because unfortunately, a lot of people are stupid. And if you don't spell it out for them, they're not going to get it. So that that's how I see it. But anyway, going to leave it there. That's my take on the Premier League. I think there should be a circuit breaker introduced. It's my take on the situation as well. I went into that rabbit hole a lot deeper than I expected to. But I think it's important that people respect each other's views, even when they're different. But also it's important that people don't presume to know more 
than the experts. Don't presume to know more than the people who have studied in these particular fields and who have studied it throughout their lives. Let's not be ignorant um, and let's not be disrespectful of the work that these people put in to be in the positions that they're in now today. So there we go. Right. I'll catch you all a little bit later. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll be uh, kicking off our look ahead to the game against Leeds United. I'll be joined by Jeremy Fulham of TalkSport. Good friend of mine. Uh, worked alongside Jeremy a lot last season. And uh, Jeremy is a big Leeds fan. So Jeremy will be joining me and uh, we'll be talking a little bit about Leeds on the Opposition View segment. And then on the uh, show coming up a little bit later in the day, I'll be sharing with you guys the team I would pick. And hopefully by then, we'd have heard from Mikel Arteta as well. Catch you all very soon. Until next time, uh, goodbye. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.